I am uh, I'm excited about tonight and the message simply trust would you say that with me simply trust and I'm Joshua you cannot preach a bad message out of Joshua you just can't do it I don't think Joshua's always come on gather around let's get the troops and let's see what happens but this message tonight deals with reality I want to give you some backstory for just a moment Joshua as you remember, was one of the 11 spies that went in to the promised land. Thank you. I'm just waiting. You online caught it immediately. He's one of the 12 spies that went in. He, of course, went in and declared his trust for the Lord. All of them raised out of the same community. All of them were related, all the spies, Caleb and Joshua went in with the other ten, but two, Caleb and Joshua, they declared by their perspective and what they believed that they could conquer the promised land. Oh, it's yours. But God said, well, go take it. He declared that they could drive out the giants and destroy all the barriers. He just believed that with all of his heart. He knew that. He declared that the God, Jehovah God, would assist them in doing whatever is necessary. Do you have that kind of promise tonight in your heart from the Lord? Do you believe that no matter what happens and how long it may persist, and how much more we might or might not go through to you, do you have that promise from God in your heart that God said, don't worry about it, I've got everything under control? I'm asking you to live that way and to trust God that way. Forty-five years lapsed, and Moses died, and Joshua became the leader. And then some 25 years later, we find Joshua at 110 years of age, but now he's dying. How many of you know at 110, it's time to die? Anybody? I think so. Time to die. The only people that smiling over you living 110 are those who make the drugs that keep you alive. 110 years of age and he's dying. But when you're the kind of leader over several million people, there is a great responsibility on you. He declares and he tells the people that he has led successfully after Moses' dead. I don't want you to forget what you have been taught. We've had a number of years together coming out of the wilderness, 25 together. We have the example of Moses. But I want you also to remember this. Simply trust in Jehovah God. Simply trust Him. Whatever challenge, whatever barrier, whatever problem, whatever difficulty, I'm asking you, just trust Him. Don't expect anything more or anything less. Now, for that to happen, it affirms what you say you believe by making this statement, and that is this, God is faithful. Would you say that? God is faithful. Let's say it again. God is faithful. To whom is God faithful? To you. You will, he's faithful to the church. That's right. But God is faithful to you. Everything God has, every promise, every rock-solid principle 
of the power of God stands behind this thought. He is faithful to you. He's not going to let you down. Here we go, Joshua 23. You yourselves have seen everything. Joshua, remember he's dying. You've seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for what? Your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the lands of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered. Between the Jordan and the great sea in the west. His faithful words, the words spoken, of course, Moses' time, Joshua's time. And he says this, the ancestors, they were delivered out of the bondage of the Egyptians. They were fed. They didn't worry about food or drink. They had ample water, ample food, the necessities of life. They were protected for 40 years, notice this, without conflict. Several million of them working together, walking together, making circles there in the wilderness, but now they come on the, on the oversight of the promised land, and God is still with them. And Joshua, the Lord makes this promise to them. In Joshua 1, 3 through 5, he says, every place where you set your foot is going to be yours. But then at the end, this is what he said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. He's talking to John, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Can you grasp that for yourself? Can you hold on to that thought? For yourself in the times when, as a store manager said to some one day in a local grocery store, when they were talking about, well, the shelves are getting bare again, and the manager said, that's just, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, thank you so very much. There are the naysayers. There are the news spinners that will spin difficulty. They will talk about the They'll talk about the economy. They'll talk about money. They'll talk about sickness. They'll talk about how much longer. Here's what I know. God has promised not to forsake us and never leave us alone. So I can get up every single morning and I can say, this is the day that my heavenly Father made just for me. This is the day God has given me permission to live again. This is the day that every promise God has ever made belongs to me. Why? Because my God is faithful. Well, let's find out. Let's take a look at a couple of things. Well, they crossed the Jordan River. It was at flood stage. That was an impossibility to do. It was impossible to be able to do that, several million people, and yet they crossed it at flood stage. What would God say? I told you that I'd get your cross, and I did. They conquered Jericho. Wow, the walls, I've been to Jericho, looked down in that deep ravine where those walls were, and, and I, I'm telling you, it's, those walls are down. Conquered Jericho, they conquered Ai. That was another city. They defeated the giants of Canaan. 
This is God's people. I'll be faithful to you boys and girls. They were blessed with material possessions. My Lord, anything, anything would have been more than out in the wilderness of getting the same bird every day. You call, well, that's chicken. It was manna from heaven. I don't know how many ways you could make it taste like and water. But now they're in that promised land and there's bountiful supply. Reach up and grab one of those big old grapes and just take a bite out of that. We never thought We'd see this day, Caleb received his promise in the land of Hebron. God, I'm telling you, I'm as strong as I ever was. I never doubted you, not one minute. But here's another thing. God was so in tune with them when they were in battle one time. Matter of fact, gaining access to the promised land, they were in battle. And you know what God did? God held the sun and the moon to stay right where it was for a full day. They needed the daylight. I'm telling you, the sun stayed right there. God said, wait just a minute. That sun is not going to go down. Those are the people that I promised that I would be faithful. It's to their benefit for the sun to stay up. Sun, stay up. Moon, stay where you are until it was time for that sun to go down. I can tell you there are probably more times in your life and in my life that God has spoken with authority over the enemies of our soul, over our adversaries, and say, you stay right there. Don't you touch them. He will never know. They will never know that I commanded the enemy to hold himself at bay, but it was because I promised to be faithful to them. That's the God that we serve. They receive their undivided land inheritances. They won their military battles. The whole world, as they would know it, held them in esteem and they feared them. Wow, don't mess. Don't y'all mess with that group that Joshua was leading. Don't y'all mess with those Israelites. Don't y'all mess with those people. There, there is a divine covering of anointing on them. And Joshua has been that successful leader. And he wanted to remember, he wanted them all to remember. Listen to me. All of you remember this. I've been faithful to you. I've been faithful to you. I want you to trust me. And Joshua says, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done in all these nations before you. And they're listening. You know, friend, we must not let there was no greed then. There was nothing to be greedful about. But greed, self-centeredness, apathy, pride, or unbelief, which are major, major things that bother us today in our culture that rob us from remembering God's faithfulness. We honor God by doing what? By, by worshiping Him, by getting in his word and reading it by praising him, by witnessing of his grace and mercy. Hey, let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you what the Lord has done by, because God is faithful. So God says, okay, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I believe it's in your heart. I believe it's a part of the fiber of your belief system. I believe you believe that I have been faithful to you. And I've been faithful to you every single step of the way. But then here's what he says. I want you to watch your step. To whom much is given, much is what? Much is required. God said, I give you favor 
I expect obedience and sacrifice to be a part of your everyday life. So in Joshua 23, 6, be very strong and be careful to obey all that is written in the book and the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. And don't associate with these nations, don't associate with them that remain among you. You haven't rooted all of them out yet. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. In other words, not everybody in your sphere of influence has been redeemed yet. There are still some enemies of the Israelites that are in some of those lands and they have influence. Tell all of your people, not just your leadership group, but tell all of them of that tribe. You be careful where you walk. You be careful who you associate with. Joshua has reminded them of that faithfulness. And God has not failed them once. And now Joshua is about to share with them in no uncertain terms that, listen, I have you in now. I've made the distribution. You're going to have to walk with me. He realizes that they have reached some of their goals. They have received their promise. Now, there are four basic foundations of truth if we're going to walk and simply trust in the Lord. Let me, there are more, but let me give you a couple. Number one, give God the credit for all you have and all that you are. Give him credit. Give him credit. Give him credit. Joshua 23, 3, it was the Lord your God that fought for you. How do you think you won that day? The sun stayed up. How do you think you were to go against warriors? You were peasants coming out of the wilderness with no training of war whatsoever. And you went into these lands where people were comfortable and they had their war vessels and their military might and you overcame them. How do you think you won? You see, here's what he wanted them to do. To remember, to give credit for all that we have and all that you are to God. He warned them to remain humble. He wanted them to run from the self-made man syndrome. He didn't want their success to become their failure. You see, David's problem when he looked down on Bathsheba, he was at a time when he was bored in his life. And the men were out fighting and he didn't go out anymore. And it was a perfect setup for that moment that he stood and looked over that wall and thought, well, I've been pretty successful. I am king. I can have what I want. Bring her to me. And he did, and you know the failure. Then he had to murder. You see, when we can be willing and liberal in giving all of our success back to God, God will make us more successful than we ever dreamed possible. I often tell people, I did this, I did that. I did this, I accomplished that. I get nervous. When I hear that often, I think, 
somebody's forgotten that behind every man and behind every major ministry and behind every success was a whole truckload of other people. Secondly, obey the Lord. Say that with me, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without, without turning aside to the right or to the left. Straight ahead. He watched them and wanted them to live by the word. He wanted them to meditate on it. Pianist Arthur Rubinstein said, you can Google that. He says, when I miss one day of practice, nobody knows it. When I miss practice for two days, I know it. He said, when I miss practice for three days, the whole world knows it. You cannot not expect to meet the wiles of the devil today on yesterday's manna. There has to be new manna. There has to be new wine every single day so that you can match the confrontation of darkness. A little bit of success can ruin you unless you put it in its proper place. A little victory here and a little victory there. Before long, they mount up with victory after victory. You can forget the pain of what it meant to fail. It's much more easily to be filled with pride. You see, God sent manna. Now they have everything that they needed. Number three, live a life separate from the world. You say, well, what what does that mean? Joshua 23, do not associate with those nations that are there. They serve false gods. They're going to stay among you, but don't don't associate with them. Now listen carefully. Keep your values separate. Your values, my values as followers of Jesus Christ are values that we find here. Amen? It's not values. Shine into the darkness and don't embrace it. And there's a lot of darkness out there. Don't compromise your testimony for a win. Always let the unbelieving know who owns your heart. His name is Jesus. Walk your talk. And don't use your testimony either to browbeat people because you think you might be more full of God than they are. Avoid pagan worship. That's what he said. Don't you dare swear by any of their gods. Be separate. When you turn on the television and some of the movies, just open your Bible when that movie's on and say, God, I want you to take a good look at this one. What does that one look like, God? You see, I can tell you without a doubt, the Christian culture today has relaxed a lot in our value system of, let me use this term, holiness. Holiness. You and I would never think of worshiping a false god like Mohammed, Confucius. We just wouldn't think that. But we might subtly be worshiping money or comfort or possessions. 
What Joshua is saying to them, continue to remain faithful to God so that he will continue to choose to bless you. Number three, and finally, leave an inheritance. Leave an inheritance. Joshua 23, 14. Now I'm about to go the way of the earth, and you know with all of your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed, not one, 100%. Every promise has been fulfilled, and he says it again, not one has failed. I go with that person every time, wouldn't you? They say it, they prove it, it comes to pass. And just before Joshua died, he declared, what? As for me and my house, everybody, what are we going to do? We're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I'm telling you, we're going to serve the Lord. I didn't wait until now to grab one of my grandsons by the robe and say, come down here, son. I want you to, I want you to really learn about God. Oh, no. Joshua made all that teaching visible to them way before he got to the place of his death. Me and my house. And Joshua knew that there'd be plenty of opportunity for his people to lose their vision. Why? Capture and manage and possess the greatest land known to man, fertile, the promised land. And when there is no purpose, that was their purpose. Here's what we often do. We slide into an apathetic lifestyle. Apathetic lifestyle. Does it really matter? Did I make that sacrifice or effort to really pray? Does it really matter if I, I'm in the Word? Does it really matter if I shake off and just say, Lord, anyway, I'm going to be in church. I'm going to witness. I'm going to testify. Does it really matter? And then when there is no conflict, the people become comfortably reckless. Often pressure and pain keep us on target. You see... The we have arrived syndrome was lurking in their future, and Joshua knew it. It's not like God gave him a vision of that. He served well. Moses gave them a promise, and then he stayed true to his task. Joshua gave a promise, and he stayed true to the task that God anointed him to accomplish. And now he wanted them to know that there were others coming behind him. And he said, I want you to leave an inheritance. I want you to leave something solid. I want you to leave something that, that you can embrace. And Joshua points out very clearly the results of disobedience. And here it is. He said, I've given you the truth. I've preached to you. I've led you. But this God that we call Jehovah because you have been his chosen and because he's gone the extra mile to be faithful and because he's pulled you out of a corner more times than you can imagine and because he's shown up and held the sun and the moon if you turn on him here's his promise I want you to know going in joshua 23 16 if you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and you go serve other gods, and you bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, 
and you will quickly perish from the good land, this promised land that he has given you. Joshua said, simply trust in what you know. Go back to the basics, but if you fail, here's what will happen. God will hunt you down, and he will conquer you, and he will annihilate you because the promise of judgment was as real as the promise of deliverance. I will find you. You see, therefore, leaving no inheritance for those who deserve better than what you enjoyed. My mother, all the time, she's watching, she doesn't miss. All of her grandkids constantly, she tells them, be sure they, they're, they're serving God. Her favorite statement, you can't do wrong and get by. She constantly is telling them. She's got a bucket full of grandkids. But always, 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 that's what she says. Until the day she's dying, until the day she dies, she'll keep saying it. Now, let me take you for a moment. Joshua, Joshua died. Who succeeded Joshua? You got that right. There was not another king that succeeded Joshua. Here's what happened. Joshua had trained the elders around him. And when he died, those elders of that generation took the reins of leadership. They reminded all the people, hundreds of thousands of them, stay true to the promises of God. And for a period of time, that's what they did. But there is a difference between a total buy-in, a total commitment. A commitment, as the Apostle Paul says, life, death, things present, things come, nothing will separate me from the love of God. I am all in. I'm all in. Unlike Demas, Demas, I'm all in if it's convenient. But he said, man, the noise and the music of the world out there seems like a whole lot of fun to me. If you don't mind, I'd like to take a sabbatical. I want to go over there and see what living is really like. You see, you're the, you're the only steward of your spirit person. You're the only steward of whether or not you're going to be all in or you're going to be superficial. And here's what will happen. God will find out whether you're superficial or not. All he's got to do is send the right person to get under your skin to cause you to throw everything you have up in the air and begin to act like and misbehave like a non-believer. That's all he has to do. Put you through a rough patch and see how strong your faith is. Why does Job follow you? Because, hey, you've been good to him. He's never faced any pain. And God said, you watch Job. You can take everything he has, but his life, he's all in. What Job say? <laughs> Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. So we, Joshua's dead. 
these elders led, no one stepped forward at that time. And the book of Judges says this. In Judges 2. That when the elders began to die off. And as they died off, the intentional delivery system of the message began to wane in the generation coming up. They had never had to worry about, is the manna coming today? They never have to worry about whether there was going to be water. It was there. They had to never worry about the faithfulness of God. God was faithful. Joshua said, you guys be careful. He dies, these elders are now in charge. And finally, when the last several out of the millions of people, the different tribes, here's what Judges 2.10 and on says. And the people did what was right in their own sight. They did what was right in their own eyes. No need for this. We know Joshua, that old man, he didn't know what he was talking about. I mean, it, there should be some compromise. These other nations that are still here, they have their idols and their God. I mean, we ought to be able to all get together and worship. They can worship our God and we can worship their God. They did what was right. In their own eyes, they did what was convenient in their own eyes. And then if you follow Judges 2, in the verses after verse number 10, God enacted Joshua 23, 16. He hunted them down. He brought judgment against them. And they lost everything they had gained for one reason they couldn't stay committed they couldn't they couldn't just wake up every day and say this is the day the Lord hath made they couldn't resist the temptation of the world they couldn't resist culture he couldn't resist as Demas couldn't. He could, just couldn't. Talking about sacrifice, it's just too much. And yet God said, I know who you are. I've given you the word. And I'm asking you to stay true and faithful to it. And if you stay true and faithful, the abundance of my blessing will continue to flow. Why? Because I chose you to be my people, to be the vessel that I loaded my blessing upon. And the other nations will benefit because of your prosperity and your favor. They'll benefit from it, but it's you that I have my eye on. It's you that I care about. It's you that I love. Heavenly Father, we thank you now for this moment. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would, in fact, speak to us and guide us. Pray for those who are listening online. 
God, that you would help all of us tonight. I know, I know, Father God, that we need to pay close attention. And in today's culture, we wonder where's God at? We think, we think COVID-19 is king. Well, I want you to know COVID-19 is nothing but the act of the devil and a disease from hell. That is not king. And God, I pray that we'll talk about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the healer. He is the way maker. He is the righteous judge. He is the lover of my soul. He is the creator. He is the one that created me. I pray that you would help us, Father, and let us lean in to a greater commitment than ever before. Let us lean in not to what we think is right in our eyes, not to what we think that we need to do, but we'll lean in and say, what is it thus saith the Lord? God, what do you have to say? What is it you want me to do? I don't care what anyone else says or what they're doing or how easy. In the name of Jesus, you call me. You discovered me. You, you created me. And I am a Christ ambassador to declare the good news to a lost and darkened world. I want to ask you to stand here tonight. And those of you that are online and those of you that are here, I'm going to ask you, take a good look at your heart and say, God, am I maintaining the commitment that I made. Am I maintaining it or God, have I, am I doing it my own way? I, I want to do it your way. What seems to be appropriate in my eyes, God, I, I don't want to do that. I want to be all the way. I want to be all the way in. I just want you to know that. But you might be out there and you say, you know what? I blew it. I, I, I love God and I, I really do. But I, I got to tell you, I've become a, a weak need Christian. I'm milk toast anymore. I'm kind of dabbling here and there, but I, I heard what it says about that. Eventually, I'll fall off the wagon of enjoying the presence of God in my life. I just will miss it. So in case we want to be certain everybody knows, would you pray this prayer after me, everyone? Here we go. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. I desire to serve you. You are the Lord of my life. I admit I have failed. And I need forgiveness. So take my heart. Take my rebellion. Take my sinful way. Take my sinful thoughts. Take my sinful mouth. And anoint me to be a Christ follower that will shine in the darkness and I desire to leave an inheritance behind for those who follow me of who Christ is in Jesus name I pray amen let's put our hands together and just thank God those of you out there you can do that one of you know we're ready for Sunday we're trusting God for a great great day we're going to sing a little worship song and make transitions uh, on our home uh, online. So I, I just pray you'll get into it. And then, you know, I'd love to say shake hands and hug everybody, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to say that. It's wrong. I had a lady almost hug me Sunday morning, almost. I, and I that broke my heart, broke my heart to have to step back. But you know what? Amen.